Section 9 of With the Royal Army Medical Corps in Egypt by Sergeant Major R.A.M.C. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 8 El Arish Magdabar Rafa The decisive rout of the enemy at Romani denoted the final destruction of his hope of effecting the invasion of egypt from the east it also marked the inauguration of a new british forward policy in this arena of the war the greater issue however must not concern us here nor did it nearly concern any in egypt high or low at the time with which we are dealing the immediate problem in sir archibald murray's path was simple and as difficult as it was simple he had to get his army into palestine but the way to palestine lay over some two hundred miles of roadless and practically waterless desert with the way barred by an enemy still powerful and possessed of great resources despite the thorough trouncing he had received we had shown that we knew how to deal with that enemy when and wherever we should come to further grips with him but how to get at him how to deal with the great trackless torrid waste that lay between there was only one way to convey an army of the magnitude necessary for our purposes across such a wilderness it was to construct a railroad by which all guns and heavy impedimenta could be carried and supplies continuously maintained abreast of the advancing troops and to lay down a pipeline which should tap the only possible source of fresh water in the requisite quantity the sweet water canal running parallel with the suez canal on its egyptian side and so provide the millions of gallons of water which the army would need on its eastward progress our palestine expeditionary force crossed the sinai desert literally on a bridge of water and steel the story of this great exploit of our engineers in driving a broad-gauge railway and pipelines across two hundred miles of howling wilderness in record time and in the teeth of innumerable and unimaginable difficulties may be given no place in a chronicle exclusively devoted to the medical side of the war but it concerns us in so far as it affected the work of the ramc what constituted an incredibly swift rate of progress for an engineering undertaking of the kind meant but a tortoise-like rate for the advance of an army though flying columns of mounted troops were continually deploying for many miles beyond the railhead in quest of a possible enemy the main body of our force necessarily retarded its pace to that of its only means of supply the result was that very large numbers of our troops were continuously encamped on the desert for several months which meant close and unremitting work for the ambulances accompanying them 
the climatic conditions indeed were all against white troops the desert is no place for civilized human habitation and we were there at our peril the few bedouins that wandered these inhospitable steppes and rolling seas of sand-hills were just the lees of humanity drained away from the more generous courses of the world like their prototypes of the far north the eskimo through lack of all those resistant qualities of race that differentiate a herd from a people they were there from necessity the necessity which if ever it be true that it knows no law at least very soon manages to create some the british in north sinai however were out not to make the best of circumstances but rudely and ruthlessly to annihilate them with their screaming reverberating machinery their endless snake of a water-pipe their bully beef and biscuit their unpicturesque raiment their devotion to soap and water and their musical songs they were an insult to the timeless immutability of the desert and all the elements connived to render as uncomfortable as possible the clamorous passage eastward of this ungainly host burning summer changed into burning autumn and autumn into winter with its days as scorching hot as ever but with its bitter freezing nights the thinnest garments were a burden while the sun was up no heaped blankets or huddling together in the bivvies after nightfall would keep the searching cold at bay sometimes the sea fog soaked us through and through one day the wind would drive against our faces like a blast from a furnace throttle darkness would find it volleying over the hills with a touch as of razor-edged icicles sandstorms hid the far end of the camp in their solid murk and filled our eyes and throats our meat and drink with grinding grit it never rains on sinai desert the sky turns inky black and concentrated niagaras descend such as would blanch the cheek of noah hurricanes spring up from nowhere and are gone as suddenly as they come but probably the interval has seen our animals stampeded our sand-carts overturned and our bivvies blown away bodily into the void all these little contrarinesses of nature may be no more than a bracing tonic to the bedouin but they are too memory-inspiring for the british soldier they make him homesick and homesickness is a predisposing cause as the doctors say for all sorts of other ills the morning sick parades at the medical stations were well too well attended and our ramc men had as much work to do as even an ramc man could expect or desire but steadily remorselessly the long steel trail drew out over the desert and at last there came a december morning 
when our position was a judge near enough for a sudden swift and long-armed blow it was to be a surprise attack a good twenty miles still separated our position from the enemy's stronghold at el arish where he had long prepared to resist us he would deem us still too far off to attempt an infantry action on a big scale and would not have made ready as yet the time therefore was ripe for our purpose we had already effected a vast accumulation of supplies at the railhead water fuel food fodder munitions every kind of stores the troops were ready or dernier bouton the order was given to go but the very magnitude and thoroughness of our action now lost us the chance for the time being of a grand decisive coup the enemy got wind of our intention and wisely decided to retire our aircraft brought in the news that el arish was being hastily abandoned on receipt of these tidings our mounted troops cavalry camelry and horse artillery dashed forward covering the intervening twenty miles of heavy desert country in a single night the infantry followed each man carrying two days rations in addition to his fighting gear the whole force reaching el arish within eighteen hours of the start vigorous pursuit of the retreating enemy was at once organized and our flying column caught up with him at magdabar twenty miles southeast of el arish in less than four hours and there inflicted on him a crushing defeat taking one thousand three hundred and fifty prisoners eleven days later came the action at rafa thirty miles northeast of el arish where another dashing raid by our troops resulted in an even larger haul of prisoners and still more damage inflicted on the foe the story of the field ambulances during this stirring time following so long a period of comparative inaction is not easy to come by but glimpses that have been obtainable here and there reveal it as one full of the usual dramatic incident recurring risk and hard incessant work here is an account jotted down in the brief intervals of duty by a member of one of the medical units chiefly engaged we arrived at el arish on the twenty third of december after a very trying march and enormous difficulty in getting our ambulance equipment through the sand hills here it became known that our mounted troops had succeeded in catching up at magdabar with a big lot of retreating turks and had managed to cut them off from the main body of the enemy on the night of the twenty fourth word came through that large numbers of wounded both british and turks were lying at the ambulance station of the mounted force and this ambulance needed help we sent three of our medical officers and forty-five orderlies to assist 
we also received a message that a camel convoy of wounded on its way from this battlefield to our base was held up a considerable distance off owing to the exhaustion of the camels we sent two medical officers a squad of orderlies and eighteen sand carts to bring these wounded in it was no easy matter to find the convoy in the middle of the night amidst a trackless waste of hills but our men succeeded in coming upon them about two o'clock in the morning the wounded soldiers were transferred from the camel cacolets to our sand carts and safely brought to el arish at this time we were rendering daily help to the overtaxed men of the mounted ambulance we had in addition to attend to the wounded turkish prisoners here at the base our ambulance convoys also did continuous duty conveying patients to the railhead twenty miles back on our lines of communication it is interesting to note that in one case that of a wounded british officer was evacuated from magdaba by aeroplane after the dash on rafa three of the field ambulances in el arish received orders to turn out every available sand cart in their equipment and to proceed to a place called sheik zuaid about twenty miles off for the purpose of collecting wounded from the rafa action between them the three ambulances got together a convoy consisting of over fifty sand carts and a big detachment of nursing orderlies and medical officers the convoy set out in the darkness of early morning on the tenth of january reaching their destination about eleven a m at sheik zuaid some six hours were spent in dressing and bandaging not only our own wounded but many wounded turks who had been brought into the station during this time numbers of the sand carts were sent out to scar the country eastward for further wounded four of these carts narrowly escaping capture by the enemy it was late in the afternoon before the convoy was fully loaded with the more serious cases and could start on the homeward journey el arish was gained at two o'clock on the following morning exactly twenty-two hours from the time the huge convoy had set out in this period our ramc men had marched twenty miles over soft deep sand the most tiring walking in the world had done six hours hard work and had then marched back again without a minute's rest all the time a performance whose merits need no comment such incidents in the daily work of the medical corps however have been far from uncommon during the campaign at el arish in the meantime the hospital sections of the ambulance had been making ready for the rafa wounded here is a brief account of the doings of one of them after preparing our hospital so as to accommodate a total of three hundred and fifty patients the wounded commenced to arrive 
and an incessant flow of them continued all night some arriving on camel cacolets and others stretcher cases mostly reaching us in the sand carts in addition to the hospital marquees three reception tents and three surgical and dressing tents had to be used to cope with the number of admissions curiously the first wounds treated were mainly of a slight nature but later on many exceptionally serious cases were admitted several of which required immediate operation as well as our field hospital work we also undertook the duties of a casualty clearing station evacuating the patients to the hospital trains at railhead for transmission to the stationary hospitals at the base on the canal our total admissions of wounded from the raffa stunt were three hundred and nine the system we worked upon was to evacuate all the less gravely wounded cases at the earliest opportunity while the more serious cases such as thorax or abdominal wounds were retained in the hospital and treated until fit to stand the journey in the train in regard to this raffer engagement the following extract from an eyewitness's article published in the egyptian press at the time will be of interest special mention deserves to be made of the gallantry of the stretcher-bearers they went out into this absolutely open country the exposed ground in front of the enemy position over which our troops had charged they took no notice of the heaviest fire but coolly picked up the wounded and bore them away to the ambulance wagons it is pleasant to be able to add that in spite of the great distance at which the force was operating nearly thirty miles the hospital arrangements were admirable our wounded and the turkish wounded prisoners travelled comfortably to el arish and twenty-four hours after the capture of the raffa position all were housed under canvas it is interesting to compare the hospital train service at this stage of the operations with that in force during the battle of romany five months earlier whereas at the earlier engagement the wounded were conveyed in common ration or munition trucks hastily and imperfectly fitted up for the occasion and attached to the ordinary trains to the acute discomfort and often downright torture of the patients now a thoroughly well organized and efficient train ambulance system had come into being two complete and well-appointed hospital trains were in readiness at the railhead each train had its medical officer and special staff of ramc orderlies the carriages were well sprung and properly coupled to ensure smooth and easy running there were comfortable bed bunks for the lying down cases and equally comfortable sitting accommodation for the rest each train had its travelling kitchen and staff of cooks so that not only the usual meals but special invalid diet could be prepared en route 
there was also a plentiful supply of medical and sick-room comforts not omitting the inevitable tobacco and cigarettes always on hand in fact the suffering passengers were as well looked after as in a permanent hospital ward the service had also been expedited in a remarkable degree during the romany engagement the improvised ambulance trucks attached to the ordinary trains were subject to endless stoppages and delays and commonly took four or five hours to negotiate the distance of about twenty-five miles to Kantara. Now, in spite of having many more miles of desert railroad, wherein were many steep gradients to traverse, the hospital trains landed their helpless human freight at the base on the canal within five to eight hours. At Kantara, a fleet of motor ambulances awaited each train and the wounded were swiftly conveyed either to the steamers on the canal which took them to port syed or to the station of the egyptian state railway on the other side of the water whence other equally well-appointed ambulance trains transported them to the base hospitals the net result of this greatly accelerated and perfected service was that valuable lives were often saved by bringing the seriously wounded betimes within reach of proper surgical aid and appliances thanks alone to the energy and resource of a hard-worked medical staff the country was at last doing its best for those who had given their best for their country in common with all who have tried to do their little utmost whatever that may have amounted to to help in this war the writer of these pages will carry home with him many lasting memories of strange happenings and impressive scenes but it is doubtful whether any of these will prove to have made so deep a mark in his recollection as his first view of a hospital train in the midst of the sinai desert it was on a drowsy breathless morning in november and since daybreak we had been plodding along eastward under a pitiless sun through the interminable waste of hills with every step the foot sank out of sight in the yielding sand every hour the heat grew fiercer and our limbs wearier and the desert silence and solitude about us more and more like a burden added to the packs we already had to bear a less eventful enterprise than a long march over certain areas of the sinai desert could scarcely be imagined you see nothing for hours on end but sand and sky rarely you come across two or three spindly palm trees round a patch of damp brine or a stretch of rocky ground dotted over with scrub where little lithe lizards bask and leave their tails in your hand if you try to catch them or a slinking hyena may cross the path ahead or a vulture mark the blue sky for a moment but of humanity and for humanity there is nothing 
you are in luck's way if you see a string of camels on the skyline or get a view and the fetid reek of a bedouin camp or hear the drone of a warplane somewhere up in sagittarius or the pleiades we toiled on through that internal switchback of sandy hill and dale the thoughts of some of us going back in sympathy to the israelites of old who had wandered that same desert and suffered more than we there was some comfort in that thought at least nightfall would probably see us at beer el abad and the end of our journey but they poor wretches had forty years of it towards midday we drew out of the hills into an open plain and there we halted to rest and transfer the burden of our rations from our backs to a more intimate part of our persons afterwards we sat and smoked looked out from under our helmet brims at the wide-spreading landscape it was more silent and solitary than ever but at least it was less unhuman than the blighted terrain we had lately travelled there below us was our wonderful desert railroad looking like a pencil line ruled across the plain and beside it ran a continuous mound of sand beneath which the equally famous water pipe of our modern miracle workers the royal engineers hid its ugly indispensability looking on these welcome reminders of the existence of man the very companionship implied in the sight made us almost glad of the war that made it possible in such a solitude and as we gazed there drew into our view something that sobered us and made us ashamed it seemed the most beautiful thing we had ever salved eyes on across the drab deserted valley it sped a creature long and slender and of a delicate sinuous grace and all shining white as driven snow its pure whiteness marked with crosses of vivid scarlet and a trail of grey smoke hovering over it as it went midway through the valley it slowed down and stopped poised motionless for an instant then with a note like the clear call of a thrush even to an engine whistle distance lends some softening enchantment it gathered speed again and soon vanished into the dun-brown haze of the horizon one of our orderlies took his pipe from his lips in private life he was a divinity student many a time i had seen him scrubbing floors at a military hospital said he there you are the most wonderful thing the desert has to show to-day a smile of love and mercy on the cruel face of war but that's what the red cross really stands for at bottom the fighting forces and all that minister to them they represent violence war is violence and nothing else the red cross stands for humanity peace goodwill between men 
everything that the world was made for that train going to and fro constantly from end to end of the desert will act as a reminder and a warning to all who see it it will do more good than pippa's song though not many of us had read browning we all knew what he meant end of section nine